Hi everybody, my name's Andy, I'm a curate here at St Nick's and it's my absolute pleasure to be able to share with you this evening continuing our Beautiful Resistance sermon series like a few people have mentioned tonight and um, the series is basically a, a vision of a life that's lived differently um, than the world around us. It's a countercultural lifestyle and um, it's a book by John Tyson called Beautiful Resistance and one of the, the main th- themes of the book is that we want to take on something that's good and resist something that's negative, something that's bad. And um, tonight uh, we're going to look at how rest resists exhaustion. So we're going to take on rest and resist exhaustion. Rest must resist exhaustion. And this is a huge topic, so I'd encourage you to dig out a pen and paper, uh, lean in. We're going we're gonna to try and scrape the surface um, uh, tonight. So listen up, I'm going to get going into it. So my first question to you, all of you out there is, who is tired? Uh, I'm guessing that's probably all of you. Maybe there's a few hands going up at the back, there's a few in the building. And... Um, we're all feeling it at the moment a little bit. And I love this passage, Matthew eleven twenty eight, which Cree just read to us. And I'm going to read it to us again. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, this is an amazing invitation from Jesus. In him, we don't have to be stressed and busy. We should feel light and easy. Yet, when there's the pressure of jobs and family relationships, house admin, cooking, cleaning, Zoom, we hear it and sometimes it seems unattainable. And we kind of maybe understand it in a spiritual sense that we shouldn't feel burdened by sin, which is 100% true. And yet I think Jesus is talking about something which not only is spiritual, but is also physical and tangible in our lives. We can physically and emotionally feel the rest of Jesus. And how do we receive this tangible rest for today? Well, sometimes it's a miraculous feeling. You might ask God for his peace and his his light burden, and you might get that there and then. You might have this weight lifted off you. The Holy Spirit can do that. Um, But there's also an invitation into a way of life, into a way of living that goes deeper. It goes into our, it's what we call discipleship of Jesus, following him. And in this little passage, he says, come and follow me. He says, he's gentle and humble. Learn from me, is what he says. You see, a yoke, it's a working tool. It's something you put on an ox as they, as they work the fields. And he says, come and do your work differently. Come and do it with me in the way that I'm doing it. With me as the other ox in the yoke that you're holding. The way that Jesus does things isn't exhausting, but restful. Come and follow the way of Jesus. Learn, grow, and rest. Now, God loves work. You know, it's good to work. In Genesis 2, we see that humanity is given this this mission, this job to do, to work the creation and to take care of it. But what is not good is overwork and burnout and exhaustion. And you may have heard in Japan, there's sort of a a bit of a cultural problem where there's people in their 20s who are working all hours of the day and keeling over at their desks from exhaustion, from um, stress. 
These are people who probably should be really healthy and are working so hard that they're putting their health in danger. And in the West, we've tied in being successful with being overworked. You know, we imagine that if we're busy and we can keep all our lives sort of in a blusterous pace, that we must be being productive. We must be uh, doing things right. We sort of value ourselves by our productivity, how much money we can make, how many hours we've worked. How we use every single second of our lives is something that we, that we give over to this being of productivity, trying to use everything we have. And, you know, this isn't limited to just stuff that we do for a living. Um, you know, there's our home projects, our, our life admin, um, our social media, social media profiles, our side hustles, and our networking opportunities. But even before lockdown, we kept wanting to do more, faster, go further, keep pushing, never stopping, always doing. And lockdown has added problems rather than taking them away, I think. Sometimes, you know, when you're working where you live, when you're working from home, it's sometimes so much more like you're living where you work rather than working where you live. So how do you learn to live and work like Jesus? Well, how do we do it? Well, it's a really simple concept. I'm just going to break it down for you. But it's a really hard thing to do. What we have to do is stop working. If you want to not work, you have to stop. And it sounds very simple. We have to stop being productive and we have to start resting. Rick Warren, he suggests that we divert daily, do something to relax. We withdraw weekly, we take a Sabbath or a rest day, and we abandon annually. We take a holiday or two. I'd say more than one, if, you, if that's the Americans, they only take one. Um, but one of the key principles we have is Sabbath. And I think when you know, Jesus goes on from this passage to talk about Sabbath, and there's four principles in this Beautiful Resistance book that I want to throw out today. And they all begin with R, which is very pleasing uh, to us Vickery types. And um, the first one is something which I think is so, so important. And as, we, as, as, you may have, as we've talked about that yoke, there's something of our understanding that we're all yoked to something. You know, in a 24-7 world, I think it's something that's, it's a living a life of difference, of counterculturalism by living a 24-6 life. And the first R is resist, resistance. Resist work. Make the decision to weekly resist work for a day at least. Put in boundaries is that resistance. You know, res resistance um, resists our attempts to be God, to control everything, and to trust what we have to God, the one who is in control. You know, putting work in its place that it doesn't define us. We're loved not for what we do, but for who we are in Jesus. And we resist the urge to control others as well as the things in our lives just for a day. You know, boundaries ensure that we get that space to do that. And you know, thinking about work um, can almost be 
part of work. I remember when I, I just started out in ministry and I was doing uh, an intern year, sort of like an LDY year at a church in Cambridge. And I remember one of the key lessons I had to learn quite early on is that on your day off, do not read your emails. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who are feeling the same. But just the smallest uh, email, which might have something of texture, something that's worky, can just set you off for the day. And even if you choose not to respond, um, it might be going through your mind and putting you in this work mindset. Finding really strong boundaries on your rest day, on your rest time, is so, so important. And it's, it might not just be work things, it's other things that can cause us to be exhausted, that can drain you. So maybe it's reading the news every day. Maybe you need to have a day off from reading the news. Maybe it's social media, things that are pulling you and you know are just draining you. Maybe it's Netflix. I mean, we love it, but we hate it. Um, if, if that's what's taking your energy and draining you throughout the week, then take a day to break from it, rest from it. Because, you know, the cares and the deceptions of the world, they don't storm in in an obvious way, but they sneak in. And they're things that you might not be able to put your finger on until you stop doing them. Create boundaries of resistance in your week. So that's the first R, resist. The second R is rest, as simple as that. Find some time to rest. Within that boundary space that we've created, find rest. In Genesis 2, uh, we hear the story of creation, and it says this, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God took time and set it apart. He put a boundary around it. He made it holy, in Exodus, it, reports, it sort of reports what happened, and it says that God rested and was refreshed. It says that in chapter 31. He was refreshed on that day. You know, we all love a good day off, um, but so often we fill our day off with all the things that we just haven't had time to do the rest of the time. Um, maybe it's cleaning or jobs at home. Um, you know... But there's so many reasons why we should always have some time to stop. Um, there's lots of health reasons that probably don't need to go into. You probably know that it's not good for you to work 24-7 every day of your life. Um, but not only does it have physical consequences, it also has mental and spiritual consequences too. When all we do is work, it's only going to form us and shape us into something um, that isn't what, we're, what we know is truth from God. And... Proper rest brings restoration. It fuels us. It restores us, renews us for the week ahead. And we don't rest because we want to prepare ourselves for work. Rest in itself is a good thing. It's not a means to an end. Um, but it does that. It does give us what we need to go through the next six days before we get time to rest again. And relaxation isn't always the same as restoration and rest. You know, we, it might shift our mind away. So maybe if you spend your day off uh, playing video games all day and it might shift your mind away, but does it rest you? Maybe it does for you. That's absolutely amazing. Keep going. Um, but if you find that you're not feeling restored, not feeling rested from how you're spending your downtime, then maybe change what you're doing. Because we're kind of rarely restored through entertainment, I'd say. 
Um, but one of the things that he points out in the book, and I'd love to just fly through them, is just five different types of rest that we want to be looking for on, on our days off. So that's spiritual rest. Enjoy God's gifts to us, that we, that we know that we are spiritually uh, forgiven, we're free, we're redeemed, all of that stuff. Physical rest. Uh, delight our senses, what's around us. Take time to, um, to restore our bodies. Uh, emotional rest. Don't feel like you've always got to have your guard up. On a day off, you can let your guard down because it's a boundary space. You're not going to just put random other things in there. You're not going to meet people you normally would, that kind of thing. Intellectual rest, uh, where the world is telling you this and that throughout the week. Take some time on, on your rest day to, to dig into something that gives you truth in your mind, that renews your mind, restores your mind, whether that's scripture or whether it's books about God or, think, or sermons or things that allow you to think uh, afresh and anew. And social rest is the fifth type of rest. Enjoy the acceptance of close family and friends that we don't feel we have to put anything on or do anything um, that drains us in that way. You see, um, rest gives us perspective. And my third R this evening is remember. You know, we remember on our Sabbath our identities as children of God who do not need to achieve anything for God's approval. We have it all in Jesus. And, you know, it's so easy to, to make exceptions. Um, you know, we'll, we'll think, oh, well, I, I'm not going to take a rest day this week because I've just got so much on. And actually, this is a season where I'm going to work so hard. And, and, you know, that sometimes that's the case and you just have to make, you make allowances. But make sure you make allowances. But if you're carrying on in those seasons, let's not forget that actually in those seasons, our vision can get blurred. Our values can get distorted. Our relationships can be strained. Those seasons can form us. Let's not pretend that they can't. And we often hear stories of people who figure out that, that their lives of productivity and drivenness and success, actually, it's too late when they figure out that they've defined them and that it's, it, it's too late in life when they figure out that they've already crashed and burned and they've already sacrificed the good things in their life, their relationships, their health, um, their, the gifts that God has given them. They've already sacrificed them to the gods of success and money and power. We've heard that so many times of people who have burnt out or blown out or blown up um, because they haven't put in time to rest and dwell and remember who they are in God. And what a difference it would make if we weekly took time to remember those truths and put the things in perspective that need to be in perspective, in God's perspective. Put our lives in the wider story of God's. You see, as we make ourselves more productive and we push more and more stuff into our lives, we, we lose the ability to be current to dwell in the moment, to dwell on what we are doing, on what we have around us. And, you know, when we remember, when we think of who, of who God is in our lives, we remember we live a guilt-free lifestyle, a, a guilt-free life where we know that we can receive God's gifts 
the good things that he's put in our lives. And we don't feel guilty about enjoying them, especially on our rest day. And my fourth R for this evening is revel. Revel in the gifts that God has given you on the Sabbath. I love Psalm 34, verse 8, where it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And on Sabbath, I take that so literally. I want to taste and see all the food, all the good things that I have in my fridge. On, on Sabbath day, it's cheat day. Um, you can le- eat literally anything. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but it, why not enjoy good things on your rest day? It's a day that you've been waiting for. You know, I love that idea that that Sabbath is kind of like a festival. It's like a feast that we get to enjoy. And yes, it's of food, but it's also of beauty and of nature and of relationships and just people that you love. Let's spend our Sabbath enjoying God's gifts to us, reveling in them. You know, I had this sort of lockdown hope idea that I get every now and again that's like, okay, Lockdowns, maybe it's coming to an end. Maybe we're getting over this coronavirus thing. And you know what? Let's just hire a house and invite all of our, my family, all of my friends. And let's just enjoy that time. We're going to have a massive party when lockdown's over. It's, this is true. We're going to do it. Um, but it's also a dream of mine that keeps coming up. And I just think, won't it be amazing? Maybe I need to get that booking in now and put a date in. Um, maybe we shouldn't. That might be a bad idea. We never know. Um, but that hope of that day where we just finally get to enjoy the gifts. And lockdown has, has limited us a little bit. We haven't been able to enjoy uh, all the things we want to, the good gifts of God's creation. And I kind of feel like Sabbath each week is, is a bit like what that party is like or is going to be at the end of lockdown, um, at the end of all of this. It's going to be just the reason we want it is not out of sort of spite for the rest of the week, but because it's enjoyment. It's enjoying what God has given us, the things that we might not be able to enjoy the rest of the week. So how do we take on uh, that easy yoke, that light burden of Jesus? Take a Sabbath. Take some time to rest each week. And we see in Matthew 12, straight after um, this chapter, that Jesus isn't legalistic about the Sabbath. And he says it's made for man, not man-made for the Sabbath. So don't take anything that I've said as a sort of legalistic thing that, you know, these boundaries you've got to set. And you've got to, if you, if, you know, if there's little things that come up, we just have to do what works for us. This is a wisdom thing. It's not a sort of law thing, as it were, for us as we live our lives of discipleship in Jesus. But it's wise to receive this gift from God, this gift of a Sabbath day. And so, just as I finish, I just compel you, once a week, resist work. Rest and restore yourselves. Remember your identity and revel in the gifts that God has given you. I'm going to pray as the band comes up. Yeah, Lord, we thank you so much for your example, that you are the God who rests, Lord. And we we thank you that it's wise for us to rest. And Jesus, we pray for your supernatural rest for all of us who are weary. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to follow you, to make decisions in our lives that honour you and value what you value. And God, I pray for all that we are doing this week, 
God, remind us to take time to recuperate, to restore. And God, I pray you'd equip us to live lives of discipleship, of following you in your way. Amen.